0: Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on athlonsports.com. We are down to two. Mitch Light. And welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Great reviews. Are you welcoming me to the show? Okay. okay you, well, you do a lot of the
1: talking so you know kind of welcoming me in is appropriate as well
0: well i'd i'd, I'd like to think that we do half and half talking I i'd know like that's to think certain things that true. aren't true <laughs> <laughs> um but you you can be followed on twitter and and interacted with there at athlon mitch you can follow me at brayden gall of course uh email podcast at athlonsports.com in fact we got an email um from somebody from uh from a from a friend uh, a friend of the pod who He's very disappointed about Stephen A. But not yeah, that Stephen A. is very disappointed about the potential championship matchup, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, however, we we're down to two, um, so we're going to react to the games. Uh, what did we learn about the games? I've got a piping fresh out of the oven, just just slinging takes like Tua all over the all over the podcast today. I've got a take on quarterbacks that I, I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, we'll talk about Notre Dame and their future. How how and if they can build their way back up to being more competitive in these situations we talked about the narratives on the last pod what would happen if so-and-so lost or won or whatever um but let's start with the game we also have some big news in the acc on the coaching front we'll get to a little bit later on in the podcast, which is literally forces a quality control coach yeah. for the defensive staff. It, it's literally breaking like as we right before we sat down to do this podcast. So you will get very fresh reactions from to us to the
1: point where we had to ver- be sure it was actually true right. that
0: we weren't like, you know, people weren't retweeting a fake account, right? So we will break. Uh, we'll get down. We'll, we'll get into that um, at the end there uh, as a huge name in the coaching ranks is retiring. So uh, we'll get to that momentarily. All right. First, real quickly, Notre Dame Clemson Notre Dame dominates 38 to, or Clemson dominates 30 to three, Um, kind of a slow start for both teams, good defense on both sides, a little pressure from Notre Dame on Trevor Lawrence early, that doesn't last. Essentially, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, what I saw was on third and long, third and seven and longer, Trevor Lawrence made throws. And and Ian Book did not. Now, Ian Book, I want to say 34 pass attempts, 17 rushing attempts. So basically, Notre Dame put the ball in his hands. Maybe Dexter Williams should have had the football a little bit more. Either way, I'm not sure it would have mattered. But the reason you saw the switch, and this goes for Alabama as well, the reason you saw the switch at quarterback for Clemson was to get Trevor Lawrence the ability. You had the ability to connect on third and seven, third and 14 was a touchdown pass at the end of the second quarter Trevor Lawrence showed why they made the switch and he was the difference in that game in my opinion. They were great everywhere else, but he was the guy. That's why they made the switch.
1: They were better across the board. And I agree with everything you said there. He had some absolute ropes on third down like you said just when I saw him drop back, I expected the pass to be delivered on time. You know, you just kind of when you want you just have expectations like what's going on downfield and sort of like when a team's playing Oklahoma, you expect guys to be open. Well, when when, when Tre- Trevor Lawrence the ball i expected him to hit guys in stride i just like just as an objective observer i have that much confidence in him where you know i'm not saying kelly bryant didn't make some good throws but you just it was more of a big it was more of a surprise when clemson you know in the past would, would make a big passing play downfield i know i'm kind of rambling here i'm just saying that i agree with you think he he has complete control of the offense they trust him i don't have the box rule right here but at some point in the game the stats were skewed more towards passing. Like we expected more of a of a, rush, of a rushing same, attack. Same thing with
0: Alabama, frankly.
1: Yeah, expected them to establish the running game some more. Um, I just thought they were better across the board, and they they played very well. You know, it, it's it, it, you get in certain games like that, and you're better, but you don't play well. They were, and I think they they interviewed Dabo right before the game. I forgot who it was on the sideline, maybe. And you expect you expect him to say this, but the question was like, you know, you guys have been here before. What, what did you look at the guys in the locker room to, to let you believe that they're ready? He's like, he's like we're ready. We, we just, I know we're ready. I can look in their eyes. Like, this is like,
0: we've been here before. We know we're going to play well. Yeah, and, and, and they did. Uh, unfortunate for Notre Dame when, when Julian Love got hurt, their All-American cornerback, they went and picked on him twice, two of those long touchdowns on Don, uh, Dante Vaughn there. Um, and that, I think, also a story. And I think both games are very similar. Obviously, Oklahoma, I thought, put up much more of a fight. But I think both the parallels between the win for Alabama and Clemson are very similar. The switch at quarterback. I, 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 th- I thought Notre Dame put up. It
1: was interesting. Notre Dame put up the early fight. Clemson didn't really start flexing its muscles till late in the, late in the you know mid second quarter. Alabama came out and just stepped on their throat early, and yes. then Oklahoma came back. So they were the results were similar. The game, how it went about, were a little different. Yes,
0: but the parallels between the the the, the sto- like the overarching takeaways from both games for me are that when. Notre Dame loses a player like Julian Love, they put in a guy who's not a five-star All-American high school superstar. When Clemson does, when they lose Dexter Lawrence, they plug another dude in who's a superstar. When Alabama loses Christian Miller, they plug a dude in who's a superstar. When Oklahoma loses a guy, they plug in a walk-on. And that is the difference between Oklahoma, Notre Dame talent and rosters and Alabama and Clemson. And frankly, it's Alabama-Clemson. Maybe you throw in Ohio State and everybody else. Georgia Georgia probably. And then everybody else in college football doesn't have the same level of depth. And that is the difference there uh, as well. I also thought. And in a one-game setting, when you've had a month to prepare, you
1: can, it's easier for a a coaching staff to find the weakness to pick on the weakness if someone goes right. down like not saying they can't do it in a week but you know week to week you've got you put in the game plan sunday you have basically two full days of practice it's just there's so much more preparation that allows you to take advantage of other
0: teams weaknesses more in the yeah. same no no question and and i thought ian book we sort of joked like trevor lawrence number one overall player in the nation kyle murray heisman trophy winner number one five star dual threat quarterback in the nation as a recruit. Tua Tungvaluwa, number one dual threat, five-star quarterback, recruit in the nation. Ian Book, number 512-rated, three-star quarterback coming out of college or coming out of high school. But a good player. He's a great player, and yeah. he, but he but he threw the ball into the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, the guy didn't play well. He, he threw a lot of bad passes. Um, he'd throw one good one, two good ones, and then two bad ones. I, he just couldn't find a rhythm. Some of that's because Clemson is really, really good. I did a, an interview at halftime of the uh, second game last
1: night and was asked the question, should they have gone to Brandon Winbush? I, no. no. I mean, like – Brandon Winbush can do some different things, but he can't lead you down from 21 points against Clemson. You know, they, they lack big play. They they lack big plays in the passing game. Inserting him isn't going to
0: help that. I'm not sure Deshaun Watson would have led them back to, to, to a win over Clemson. I just think Clemson's that good. Uh, we do not know about the future for Dexter Lawrence. I would assume that he is not going to play on Monday night against Alabama. We shall see about that. Um, but Austin Bryant was great. He had a great game coming off the edge. Um, as well, Farrell and, and, and Wilkins, maybe not big as big of names, but, uh, in that game particularly, but Clemson just yeah. far better. And uh, listen, congratulations, Clemson, um, way to go fulfilled 14 and Oh fulfilled everything. You know,
1: was it, was it, uh, it was only one play, but was it Isaiah Simmons, the the safety turn linebacker who batted down a big, big pass. It was like a third down or fourth down play. And it just, he was such a dominant athlete, just a long wiry guy. And I just was, it was a decent pass. And he just – it was just such an impressive player. as an example of Clemson having so many – you know, not a household name out there, former safety. They moved a linebacker, but he could cover yeah. – I forgot, he covered someone in the slot and just made a – and broke up a big play. That, that one play to me just kind of signif- – was a great example of how many
0: good players they have. Uh, Alabama uh, dominates for at least the first half and then sort of kind of just stiff arms, ironically. The Heisman Trophy winner uh, in the second half, uh, what is it, 45-37, is that right, or 45-33, something like that. Um, Final final score? Yeah, final score. 45-34. 34. Covered. Oklahoma covered, and they hit the under. So if you had Oklahoma and the under um, at that last little kneel down there on the six-yard line meant a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, and I like that Chris Fowler just blatantly calls it as he sees it. He's yes. like, listen, there's a big big score here coming. If they score or don't score. it was um, it was a, a bad it would have been a bad beat yeah, had, they, was a, had they scored. It was a smart play,
1: too. I mean, it was or, you can't lose by taking a knee. Right. I mean So I don't want to spend any yeah. time on that.
0: <laughs> so Tua Tonga same exact story. He, they make the switch from Jalen Hurts to Tua. Tua goes twenty four twenty seven. Now here's the difference I thought between Tua and Trevor in this particular these on this particular day. Trevor was making really difficult throws. I'm not sure Tua made, other than the one that was disallowed because Judy sort of bobbled it, which was an absolute dime down the sideline 50 yards down the field. He had another good one to Judy earlier in the game. But for the most part, Oklahoma didn't cover their receivers. They couldn't hang with them on quick slant routes. They essentially ran slants the entire game. That was a big part of the game. And 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 then the, the swing passes to Damian Harris and Irv Smith. I mean, Tua was not... He did not have to make a bunch of dynamic, difficult NFL-type caliber throws, and they just feasted on that second.
1: Basically, the way my my the way I looked at the game last night was Alabama, Oklahoma could not stop everything, which is difficult to do. So Alabama always knew what it could do, like you know, with like that swing pass. The swing passes were open, or the slants were open. Something was always yeah. wide open because Oklahoma couldn't get enough pressure. They couldn't. Take a, t- they couldn't take more than one or two things away, and Alabama always found the right thing. The thing that was interesting to me in this game was after Oklahoma scores late in the third quarter to, thir- to cut thirty-one to twenty. I got a text from a buddy about uh, something. Oh, ball game! And I texted him. I said, "But here comes the Fu drive. Right? Like, <laughs> how dare you, you know, make it a game? And Alabama goes down to make it 38-20. Then Oklahoma scores again, 38 thirty-eight twenty-seven. Alabama goes down. They just—it was like, okay, do we want to pound you with the Russian Did they game? Punt?
0: I'm not even sure they punted. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess. It was it was interesting that they took the foot off the pedal and went to the running game. It was almost like, but they could. It, well, but they didn't though because the game slowed down and and they they sort of allowed Kyler Murray and Oklahoma to inch their way back. Here's here's what I w- here's one of the big takeaways. So we're sort of freelancing through the games themselves. I've got some specific questions. They for two hundred yards coming up. Uh, it, it was mid-third quarter, and they had 118 yards rushing, and they were 4.1 yards. It was not nearly what we expected right, from, but, from, from Alabama You know why? Because you
1: know they didn't have huge plays. Like it, it was it was three yards, seven yards, five yards. It wasn't like the 20, 30-yard runs.
0: I cannot remember a worse performance from a discipline standpoint from a Nick Saban team in a championship setting. I thought Alabama played its C-plus game in that meeting. And that's scary from Clemson. Yeah. Bad penalties, two dropped interceptions that should have been you know, guys' plays that should have been made by the Alabama secondary just and who was who ripped mistakes. off his helmet, be- helmet because yeah, he didn't st- get credit with the sack. Stupid mistakes by every. Which he eventually uh, did get credit with the sack. Yeah, like like, and it probably shouldn't have been a sack. It, right, he didn't, right, it wasn't right. down. Ironically, so I, I think one of the takeaways is if Alabama plays like that again against Clemson, they will get beat. I don't think that will happen because I think Nick Saban will probably murder three to six humans in the Alabama facility between that game and Monday night. But that was one of the least disciplined performances I've ever seen from an Alabama team under Nick Saban in a championship setting. Yeah, I, I agree, and he was—you know—a lot was made of his antics on the sideline.
1: But like, I think it was deserved. Sometimes we think he goes overboard, but I mean, he, they had some really silly penalties. Yeah, and stupid and mistakes, undisciplined guys. You know, some it, some of them are on the field like, like a started, guy in motion,
0: it, and some are just—you know—it felt like they were uninterested after the twenty-eight nothing lead for about a quarter. And I think, but
1: I think Herb Street said it, said it the best. He's like. You can say what you want about Alabama, like you don't like him or whatever, Nick Saban. But for the most part, they've got guys who play the game the right way. They don't act like asses on the field. They don't taunt. They don't do this. This
0: was a game where you felt like you were watching another another team wearing Alabama jerseys. It, did, yeah, I agree. Did you like the Quinton Williams driving Kyler Murray into the ground move? Is that make him dirty or does that make him a football player? I, I
1: didn't think it was that bad. I don't, it's a penalty in the NFL. Yeah. What what also made it worse was the offensive lineman for Oklahoma, who everyone praised. But like, gra- he almost made like, it he worse like for Murray. Kyler Murray in the face, right? Like he <laughs> almost drove Williams into right, Murray right, right, more. Right, right. So like, Murray's like, "What are you doing, dude? Like, yeah. I get protecting your offensive lineman. I mean, protecting your quarterback. But uh, I had C- no-
0: center center field for the Oakland Athletics sounds really good when you're laying on the turf with Quentin Williams on top of you. I'm just I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because you said I I heard that from Herbie as well about how. This doesn't, this doesn't look and feel like the way an Alabama team acts for the most part, and that was, you know, I I don't think it was a dirty play, but it was probably a penalty. He probably shouldn't have driven him into the ground like that and and trying to land on his head. I think it was a little dirty. Once you get 300 pounds moving, it's hard to stop it. I, I think it's a little dirty, but it is what it is. I don't, you know, you're allowed to hit a guy who's in the middle of motion throwing the football. You should be, especially when you're the most dominant defensive lineman in America. So um, interesting couple of takeaways. I do believe that, I think one of the biggest takeaways, and, and we can sort of step back from this and say, and this will be the first part of the, you know, we've, I've got some specific questions I want to ask you about all these teams. And, and one of them is you and I in this magazine at Athlon Sports, we saw this coming in April when we put the magazine together. We saw this coming when we made our picks in the preseason in August, right before the season started. We saw this coming when you and I sat down here immediately following the college football playoff rankings release and said Alabama Clemson, we, we picked the games again last Cause week. Cause you usually look for reasons thing. to be c- contrarian, like as the month goes on. Sure, it, but there was no reason. You're to. You're trying it. to nitpick and you're trying yeah. to find things and you just can't. And so some of that is. And by the way, Oklahoma, I give them a ton of credit for the for the fight. I, I thought the heart and the yeah, you're um, down twenty eight nothing. The stones, the guts, whatever. Like they were they were physical and the sec- they were they would step up in the running lanes to try to hit guys that were clearly better than them and had no no concerns about that. I give them a lot of credit for how they performed in that sense um and just a really gutty gritty performance by them and so the question is because we've seen this coming for eight nine ten months we did a podcast and i said this all season i think there are two teams that can win the national championship there's 30 that can make the playoff well we're back right back where we started with these two teams it is clemson bama you know four like rocky four um we have two at of versus trevor lawrence arguably the best sophomore, true sophomore quarterback we've seen in major college football and one of the best true freshman quarterbacks we've ever seen in college football playing against each other. I'll get to that comp in a second because I've got a question, a hot, hot take for Ooh. you about those two. Um, you got preseason number one versus preseason number two, which I think has only happened a couple of times in the modern era. I think 04 with Oklahoma, USC, and 05, actually, I think, with Texas and USC. You have Saban versus Dabo, the two premier programs, Three, the last three defending champions, People are, and this goes to our email from Andrew, people are tired of the matchup, but how can you be tired of two 14-0 teams playing against each other that are clearly the best two teams in your sport for the championship on a winner-take-all setting? I, I I don't understand the anti-Clemson-Alabama, like once you get past the names on the, on the jerseys. That's the problem why that's for the fan why 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 would you not want like do you hate LeBron versus the Warriors did Ali Frazier really bore people like no there's no time Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady everybody hate that 11 years in a row like no like everybody like why is it in this sport that people are going down this path of oh I'm tired of this difficult for me to answer the question because I don't share that opinion so
1: I you know we can try and put our you know this is why you make the the huge dollars, like co host of this podcast, so I can guess what other people are thinking. You, you know, have to I just get it, into other humans' brains. It is just it's fatigue. I mean, you know what it is. It's it, it's the same. They're sick of the storylines. They're sick of Nick Saban. They're sick of the, it's just that. That's I mean, that's what people. I think the average college football fan will look. Oh, it's the same every year. You know, then then, then it turns into criticizing the sport. Like, what's the point of the season if it's just going to be Alabama Clemson every year? I'll answer the question if it was asked to me, are you sick of it? The thing, and I've said this all season long, the thing that I like about this year is this Alabama team is so much different. It's so fun to watch. Like Tua is great. Jerry Judy, they've got so many good wide receivers. It's built differently than other Alabama teams. So that's why I think this is different. And I think you add in the I mean Tua and Trevor
0: have never started in a championship game. Either one
1: of them. Right. If you add, you know, then Trevor Lawrence, I think there's enough interesting in new storylines to make this matchup appealing. It's not a run first Alabama team against the Clemson team with Kelly Bryant. Nothing, no, nothing, no offense, right. to Kelly Bryant, who doesn't really excite you in the right, passing right. game. There's different things to watch in this game. So uh,
0: that, that's what keeps my attention. Well, I, I just, I, do you like watching excellence? And in sports, traditionally this country has, as I mentioned, and we all like, these different things. Tyson, right. you know, whatever. Go down any pick, any sport. When, when sort you of like, watch the great of the great playing against each other, generally we love it. We don't have a problem with and it. And we want it in the championship game. You you correctly bring this up whenever you talk about the NCAA
1: tournament. It's like we love the upsets early, but at the end of the day, we want the best teams playing. So do you want Notre Dame to upset Clemson? Oh, oh that would be fun Saturday, happen. but then Alabama would kill Notre Dame. Like, so we right. want the best teams playing. I, this is kind of a – I don't think this is a new take or anything, but we're, we're kind of going all over, all over the place. There was a lot of Georgia talk yesterday, which I revisionist history. They lost to LSU. Oh, I got a Georgia take for, okay. a second, for so you. Here, so here's a thought, and I know you're anti-expansion, but if you go to eight teams, you allow for some really, really good teams who can beat Alabama. Georgia can beat Alabama. They didn't, but they can. Uh, I, yeah. I get
0: that one on Twitter all the time. Like, oh, Georgia already proved they can't beat Alabama. And I'm like, actually, it's no, the other way. Right, right. right. I, they proved they, they can. They proved Georgia's the only team capable. So, so, no one's been closer than Georgia So to if you go to eight teams, you allow a
1: team like a Georgia or an LSU who's Ooh. really talented yes, we're gonna to, sneak finally. In, to sneak in at the seventh seed and can get hot and win it. Where when you're at four teams, you eliminate the, the, the margin for error is too great. You know, so so yes. George in an 18 playoff, and they might be good enough to beat Alabama or Clemson. I don't think they should have been in a 14 playoff, but if you put them in,
0: they could have won the whole thing. Couple things, and I love it when we have when we have authentic disagreement because then it gets it can get heated. I think you're dead wrong about expanding the playoff and adding quality to the tournament. I think you're no, only, you might add some. I think you're you going to water add, it down. You, but, but but then you open a spot for a team I, like Georgia. No, Georgia should have been in, and the only reason I'm allowed to say that is not because of the outcome is history. No, 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 no. I, I, this is what I'm going to say. This is my point about that. If you believed, and again, I went back and actually quote tweeted myself, which, but we I, which I never we do. But we don't know
1: that. Hang on. They lost to LSU. Hang on.
0: I had Georgia at number three in the country on the day, on the last Saturday of the season. In my own opinion, if I was on the committee and I have watched every single team play every single game, I thought the number one team in America was Alabama. I thought the number two team in America was Clemson. I thought the number three team in America, the best, the four best teams was Georgia, and number four was Oklahoma. If you tell me that you don't believe Notre Dame belonged in the playoff, you have to do it then. I'll I'll, I'll listen to uh, you now if you said it then back on the right, playoff. I, right. I, I agree with that. I thought Notre Dame was the sixth best team in America, according to my own personal opinion, on the day the rankings came out. You don't get to watch the game and then say, oh, I don't think Notre Dame belonged. You don't get the revisionist history or the hindsight Although of 2020. It's, it's,
1: it's another data point.
0: I, I, you can it, say and say, you know what, we hadn't seen them play a great team. Sure. We thought that they were good. We that, they beat That's it. fine. What I'm saying is is you cannot argue but but there's a there's a selection process that allows someone to get in or not. And you don't get to say because you saw them lose to Clemson that they shouldn't have gotten in. No, no, no. Agreed. You have to say totally that agree. back then. And I said it back then on this podcast and everywhere else where anyone would listen to me. Georgia, home, you tell, tell your kids? I tell my wife. She's like, I, I agree with you, honey. The dogs are good. And I'm like, Georgia is the number three team in America. So I don't, I don't agree that if you expand, what I think they should have done is well, put no, the right teams right, in. Right, but, but that's you're, a different you're just, debate. Y-
1: you can't disagree with my assertion that this year if they had eight teams – Georgia would have been in and was capable of winning. You can't disagree with that. That's a fact. That no, 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 that's true. So you, you're that's just true. so that, but that's, that's my but point. My, but I, that it allows for some That's not the problem, though, to, in my opinion. My problem is that they put the wrong team in. But that's you, a separate issue. My, my right. point is with eight teams or six teams, it allows for another elite team that maybe had a quarterback hurt or Georgia just laid an egg in in a, in a big sure. game on the road. It allowed, sort of like in college basketball, you you had
0: a disappointing but Michigan would have got, but Michigan would have got into, so. And I love Michigan, but but they you know what? They would, well Bush, they would have had Devin Bush. They would have had. They would have had a lot Ge- of guys. Sean Gary, right? And they agree. would have had other guys. I agree. Guys. I don't like the Mister- outcomes. I, I watched. Yeah, you're Mister. No, I went to the Auburn game. I don't think that Auburn was 150 points better than Ohio State, <laughs> just because they beat Purdue by a thousand and Purdue beat Ohio State by a thousand doesn't mean I think that way, I, Auburn I, is better than Ohio State. I
1: flew uh, flew back into Nashville
0: on uh, Friday night. A lot of sad-looking Purdue fans yeah, at, the, uh, yes. at the gates. I wonder if they stuck around because there's a big Colts-Titans game. A lot of overlap with the Purdue fans and the Colts fans in town. It's a reason. long time to stick around, though, because uh, not really that far most away. People are sticking around until Monday night, which is when the New Year's Eve party celebration is. So, uh, uh, anyway, my, my point is is that when you, I think, la, I think the college football playoff semifinals and the blowouts was another example of why we should not expand, not the other direction. And it's okay, you and I disagree on that. I think for the one Georgia that I, – I think where it was wrong was that Georgia shouldn't have gotten in the first place, that that Oklahoma deserved to be there, even though they got beat by a great Alabama okay. team. Georgia deserved to be there. That would be my vote, not let's expand to make sure we get a bunch of extra teams in because I think the other games would have been garbage. We would have had a lot more bad football
1: games. Well, one more thought on this that I don't know how long we're going to be in this position where we have two or maybe three teams that are clearly head and shoulders. Like we're It's kind of a unique situation right now.
0: Where we're and it will end at some point. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's cyclical in sports. We, eventually Nick Saban will retire or well, Clemson will have a rebuilding year or but whatever. Then if, if, if you just got to
1: be ready to pounce. Right. If Alabama takes a couple steps back, does a Georgia or someone else take their spot as the best team or an, an elite team? You know, like there's – Right. Will there be that gap?
0: I think there's a – far. you know, I saw this on Twitter. I, don't, I can't remember. I would like to cite the, the source. But the far more interesting debate in college football is who's the her three team right now than who's number one. And because it's 1-2, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it, between Alabama and Clemson right now, uh, as, as they'll well, play the fourth You would, you fourth would say time. Georgia, right? I, I would say Ohio State to, to, today. Ohio because, State oh, lost because, to Purdue, well, who lost if,
1: to Auburn, who lost to Tennessee. The
0: in-college football thing is sort of a, a larger question that doesn't revolve around one season. So they're the only other team that's won a college football playoff championship. They have dozens of you know, Big Ten titles in the last 15 years. Oh, so you're talking about third-best program? Who's the third-best program? Oh, and, I about and, third best and under Urban Meyer, I would say clearly Ohio State. But yeah, I would who's agree the third-best program, I think, moving forward is, is a bigger question because of Ryan Day and because Georgia so continues to So if you're buying stock, I, I would go Georgia. Georgia, Georgia. I think. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I think I, the other one that might be pretty good is Florida. But Texas is coming back. And when Urban Meyer takes over USC, USC will be back. So. What about when Mark Richt takes over? We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. All right, fine. Uh, So we asked about – I asked you about the fatigue, which, again, I think people just need to get over. And I think the uh, the Georgia-Alabama thing last year, it's a big story in the eight or nine days between games. But then once the game starts, everybody loves the game. So I think that's what's going to happen on Monday night. We're going to have two unbelievable quarterbacks, two undefeated teams, two great coaches – I think we're going to see all, all Playing 3,000 miles. From they're going to, yeah, yeah. The, the Santa Clara thing is the only part of this that doesn't sit well. If Just this move is moving to Atlanta, if this is being played in like Lucas oil stadium, I'd be fine. Um, so this, this leads me to my piping hot take Ooh. about the quarterbacks game opens up six and a half point favorite Alabama I believe the over under was opened on Saturday night at 61. It's already down to 59 and a half, So people taking the under, um, I would take the over now. Um, I'll say it. You think Trevor Lawrence is better. I think I the Clemson, I think the Clemson Tigers have a better player under center than Alabama does. I think Trevor Lawrence might be better. Now, if we're talking Madden video game here, Tua is like a 98. Like spins out of trouble. And because Trevor Lawrence is a little bit faster and like 6 inches taller, <laughs> I just think he's a I think he's a better pure talent. He's a number one overall pick, good. Whereas I don't know if Tua is number one overall pick, good by NFL Doesn't standards. Doesn't necessarily matter for college. Doesn't it at all? I, I I I think Trevor Lawrence is the slightly better player, but like we're talking ninety eight for Tua and ninety nine for Trevor Lawrence, like about as perfect as it gets for both teams. Like neither coach would trade. Exactly. I would. I think I would take Trevor. So if you're doing a draft, right? Not a, you're doing a college draft. You've been named. I think I would take expansion college team. I would take Trevor Lawrence, which is the it's. I haven't felt that way. You know me. I've been I've been with you on the two. Yeah. So next so year, how piping hot? How I, incorrect know, am I? Come on. I, it's,
1: it's Fight not, back. It's, it's not piping. It's like you put it in the toaster oven. <laughs> it heated up a little bit, but then you forgot about it. and You went in, it's, so like you can, so go, grab cr- it your, you can go grab <laughs> it with your crunchy. You can go grab it. You're not gonna like. It's not gonna hurt when you touch it. It's just <laughs> the, it's there. So okay. Might, so I'm not crazy then. No. Fast forward four months, whatever. I'm having flashes because magazine will be due. Who should be our number one Heisman candidate next year? Trevor Lawrence
0: or Tua? Or Well because Tua didn't win it. AJ Dillon? No, not Because Tua didn't win it, he becomes more of a favorite. Exactly. Uh but I think Trevor Lawrence is the better player. Or those those are the top two though, right? I would I, I haven't I haven't thought about it. Okay, for all America forget high. for all America teams, you would have Trevor Lawrence. Uh not necessarily – oh, I don't know. That's really hard. I I think for because listen, we're fresh off the two performances. Both guys were great. See what great. happens on obviously guys, see what happens next Monday. Both guys were great, but I think Monday night for the first time all season I felt like Trevor Lawrence is is the thing that we all talked about all all summer long when we talked to coaches behind the scenes and they they raved about how good he is at practice. He takes the job after 4 weeks because he's just clearly better than Kelly Bryant. He was exceptionally good at making far more difficult throws. In his game against Notre Dame's defense, which was a better defense than the easy throws right. Tua had to make. And and there is some element of the championship game against Georgia that sticks out when they actually had to play a great defense. He wasn't that great against LSU. That's he what I was just going to say. He wasn't exceptional against Mississippi. We all think State. he's incredible. But, but it's his gets, own
1: bar that he set. He, he, we all think he's incredible, but he, has not, he doesn't get tested like a normal college quarterback does. It's, like he the doesn't sec, play,
0: it's the second full football game he's played. He
1: doesn't play better teams. He, he was on like the field other, for the yeah. final snap. Look yeah, didn't someone on Twitter say last night when going to the fourth quarter, like
0: when his they, snaps. they showed his parents like holding the four up, like do they just hold the three up usually? Because that's <laughs> you know, I, I think the other thing is Trevor now has been on the stage, right? He's been on the big stage, he's he's been under the bright lights, two versus three, national championship hanging in the balance, and not only was he good, he was the reason Clemson rolled. He was dominant, and I just think at six six with his ability to run. And his arm talent, I think he's slightly more talented. I think they now, here's the other thing. Tua is not that much more experienced. He does have the half a championship game under his belt. And you and I have talked, that was an easier situation because they hadn't prepared for him. He came in, nothing to lose, down two touchdowns. Just not a ton of pressure, even though he's in the national championship. But that experience, and he can pull on that, and that's important. But he started what? 14 games and a half? Trevor Lawrence has started 10. It's really not that big a difference. I, I, yeah, the experience isn't really like one being a freshman, one being a sophomore.
1: Like it's not I really hate that the, big a difference. By the way, they use it in college basketball more. I hate the phrase. Oh, they're no longer freshmen. He's a sophomore. No, he's not. He's still a freshman. Yeah, technically he's still a freshman. Right. He's just really badass. Right. Right. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. He's he's yeah. just an experienced freshman. Yeah. He's very very good too. So I, I just I listen. I, this is not an anti-Tua take. It's a holy holy smokes. Trevor Lawrence is all of the things that we thought he was when he came out of high school and. Beat out Kelly Bryant and all the stuff that we heard yep. in the summertime. So, uh, I think it makes for uh, if there is a guy who can take advantage of. Oh, I don't know, Patrick Sertan, who got picked on by o- by Oklahoma. Did you feel bad for Alabama Roberts. that their five star, top five national cornerback was getting picked on? Was like, <laughs> there, there was a couple of offensive pass interferences that they could have called on Ceedee Lamb, but I've got just watching college football. I've said this before.
1: I think the quality of catches made by wide receivers in college football has increased immensely in the past three or four hmm. years. And I think it's a, the Odell factor. Guys are practicing catching the ball with one hand more. That's not a
0: good – that doesn't lead to better catches, though.
1: It, it, it does. The guys I are disagree. able to
0: do more things. With, like No, co- I think coaches will disagree with you on that. No, I don't I, care. I, I, I think coaches will say that practicing one-handed thing is, is ruining the, a good it, receiver it, with ball skills. It, inc- it
1: increases your catch radius. I'll, I'll tell you what. And I what, think there's been a lot more – I think they're letting – especially in bowl season, they they seem to be let more hand fighting between receivers and
0: DBs go. That's what I was going to say. I think we have higher arm talented quarterbacks with better offensive schemes and the rules geared towards you're not allowed to touch the receivers. I think that's why we're seeing great receiver play in the NFL and in college is that all the rules are being geared towards those guys making those plays more routinely. Um, And and listen, I think the Clemson receivers very underrated in this conversation when when we're going to talk like those guys are just as good as Alabama's players. The, those receivers for Clemson are, those are big time dudes, man. NFL guys, 6'4, four, they're big. Uh, they're better than last year. I think Clemson's offense at every position you could argue is better than last year going into the Alabama game. So we'll, that'll be interesting. We'll preview that coming up a little bit later on. All right. I want to get to Notre Dame. Notre, Brian Kelly's sort of surprisingly positive about like some self-reflection after the game. And we're going to learn from this and blah, 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 blah. Um, here's the one thing I don't understand. I've heard it on talk radio. I've seen it on Twitter. It's all over the sports media world why is it that last why is it that losing to Clemson the way they did has like the Notre Dame needs to join a conference thing I I don't understand why joining a conference gives them a better shot to win a national title I don't understand this for two reasons it doesn't necessarily improve their strength of schedule if they join the SEC it would if they join the Big Ten East it would I think every other division in sports their strength of schedule would likely go down. We have seen non-division winners win championships or or get into the playoff. Alabama and Ohio State both 11 and 1 didn't win their division and got in. Georgia almost lost its championship game and didn't get in. So if Al- so if Notre Dame goes 11 and 1 and loses to Clemson and and Clemson gets in and they're number 1 in the nation, Notre Dame could still get in. And 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 more importantly, how does joining a league like are all the players from Georgia in high school just going to move to Indiana? Probably not. Like everyone in Florida just is moving to Iowa. Everyone in Texas, they're just moving to Illinois. Like I don't understand why joining a conference is the reason people point to Notre Dame struggles in big time moments. Does that make does that question make sense to you?
1: Yeah, I am looking for um friend of the pod listener Kyle Schasberger. Uh, worked for IMG Radio is is a Notre Dame guy and on Twitter he, he was okay here it is he's this is the event needed to push me in what all other Notre Dame backers have to say the all caps the Irish need to join a conference again all caps prove you belong your quote stellar schedule doesn't mean jack leave no doubt with the way you perform in a legitimate league okay so how does that help them get better if you perform well in the S- the Big 10 West, that doesn't necessarily mean much. If you perform better in Either the Big ACC. 10 East. I mean,
0: let's let's go with the ACC cuz they're tied yeah. there. I mean, the response to that is okay, so you go 9 and 3 every year. Or you or
1: okay, you get beat by Clemson every year. Or you stay independent and Stanford's better and Virginia Tech's better and you've got a better schedule. I think I think, that, it's I it's think a, their schedule is good enough. I agree here, it, it worked out perfectly for them that maybe if again, if Virginia Tech's better, they go to go to Blacksburg. If Stanford's better, they don't necessarily go undefeated against schedule but, over the schedule other years, but they did right, this year. Right,
0: so that's my que- That's what I don't understand. The correlation. It's, this is I like agree with this you. is like saying, and, and, and good friend of the pod, Barrett Salis said this, and I'll steal this from him. He basically said, "This is like saying it's raining outside, so I'm going to make bacon and eggs." Like Clemson beat them 30 to 3, so they need to join a league. There is no correlation between the two things. It doesn't make any sense. If they got left out because they got leapfrogged by league champions, that, that makes that sense. That is a more likely thing to drive power brokers to say, oh, wait a second. We need to play in a conference championship game. Or, are you a power broker, you know, by whatever. the way? Hell no. I, I, I like oh, no. That I'm friends. not even a power broker at my own family. I, I am the minority leader. Being married, <laughs> I say this to all my friends who are getting married being married is like being the minority leader of the Senate. If the other, you've got a good job. It's important, but it's very important. And and if you can convince her to give you a few votes, you're going to get what you want. But if she keeps her caucus together, you're screwed. You're never going to win a vote. It's like being the minority leader of the Senate. It's what being married is for all the guys out there listening. Everyone knows who I'm talking about if they're married. So again, I don't. I just I've heard it so much in just one just a quick turnaround from a loss to Clemson. Oh, if they were in a league, this would this will help them get back. I'm like. I don't I don't understand the A to B to C because you still need better players. Notre Dame recruits pretty well. They still need better players. That they don't have the depth of Clemson and Alabama and I don't see how joining the Big 10 West or playing in the ACC solves the problem of being located in the middle of nowhere Indiana. I don't understand or having high academic standards that cause players to be kicked off campus. I don't understand. They just help need help me. They have a good team. They
1: they lack whether you the five star. They they lack. They they need two or three more difference makers, in my opinion. And it's the I, it's the depth.
0: Yeah, when Julian, well, I think it's a little, little bit of depth too. Out,
1: but it's also just complete difference makers.
0: I yes, and and I, I just it's not a knock on Brian Kelly. I think he's an excellent coach. It's not a knock on you know Notre Dame's twelve and zero record. I don't think their schedule is generally that bad at all. I think it's a very tough schedule. I think if you got if you were in the Big Ten West, you'd be playing. Rutgers, Indiana, and then the Big Ten West, you, you'd, you'd have to pl- go through Ohio State or Michigan in the championship game. But, oh, guess what? They beat Michigan this year. So, like, what – I just don't – I don't understand it. it yeah. It's a very common thing, and people just seem to if fall we are on for, it. For Kyle or any Notre Dame backer out there, you know, set us straight. You know, I, 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 I agree what, with Braden here. What, what – I don't know what the – the only thing I can think of, like, and, and, and this is me genuinely trying to solve the problem. Let's say they go Big 12 or ACC. The only thing I could think of is that if you played three or four games in the state of Texas or in the state of Florida every single year, that maybe there's a chance you can go into Florida, Georgia, But that's South not County the argument being used. And recruit better, and then therefore that gives you maybe those extra difference makers you're talking about. Uh, otherwise, I don't right, But that's not the argument being used. Like you're that's in your the argument. playoff, yeah. dude. You got there. Right. You didn't need to be in a league to get to the playoff. You already just showed us you got there. What you need is to not suck when you get there. Sorry, Notre Dame. True. I'm not picking on you. Yeah. Just, I just don't right. understand. Agree. It's raining outside. Let's make bacon and eggs. Doesn't make any – there's it's no correlation. It's not raining, by the way. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I know about. it's not. I know it's not. Um are we talking Mark Ricked? Are we done with the with playoff? Are yeah, we done I with, think so. Uh, any, any other com- – um, Kyler Murray's great. Uh, by the way, yesterday sucked. It was fun to watch, but the games were just – I mean – uh, I thought the Oklahoma game was pretty good. I actually really enjoyed the second half. There was, there was I, about, Did you ever think they were going to... No, but there was about 35, and I tweeted this, there was about 30 or 40 minutes there where momentum was sitting there hanging in the balance. And then Kyler Murray hit the big pass down the field for the touchdown, and all of a sudden it was an 11-point game in the third quarter. And I'm going, okay, Oklahoma now needs to get stops. And, and they couldn't. And then they didn't. And they couldn't. But okay. th- there was genuine intrigue in that game in the second half. So I think it's better than, than, than it's being billed as. But again... If the system gives us the two best teams in this championship game, then the system is working. There's nothing wrong with the system. System is working. So, uh, all right. Yeah. uh, Mark Richt is retiring. (laughs) Ayo. Although Uh, the the people have tweeted like the school did not know. Stunned athletic director, you know, so. That's the public comment. Yeah. This is, by the way, this broke literally like as we were coming on to the podcast airwaves. So uh, Urban Meyer's health. Good enough. (laughs) <laughs> oh I love it He's had a Does week- he have to coach spring practice If he takes over the job after the May evaluation period In the dead period where it's like all the busiest time of the year And yes. he just takes over like Like July 26th So Chiano, head coach and then steps aside for For, uh, for <laughs> Herb Yeah and becomes the co-defensive coordinator with Manny yeah. Diaz Who returns from Temple Right. H- how about Urban Meyer announced as head coach at Miami At ACC Media Day That would work <laughs> But your, uh, your, your former colleague Butch Davis, too old. Yeah, th- th- that's yeah. No, this has got to be. So here's the interesting thing for Miami: a couple of takeaways. I think Mark Richt felt like he was going to just go to his alma mater and just sort of coast through, pun intended, that division, and and sort of just like, oh, this is not going to be the SEC East. I don't have to play at Bama every year. Like I, I can just like sort of, I'm Miami. I'm the U. I can just kind of get the we, best school always recruits win. well. Yeah, and I don't. I, I think the game is far more difficult than that and and maybe and again i'm just this is pure speculation and guesswork here but um i think that's part of it he's also he's not incredibly old he's He's 57 he's not an old guy at all 58 that's not old no it's not for coaching um and
1: (sighs) if he really looked at it and said you know what this isn't what i thought it would be this is a really bad year and I kind of applaud him for stepping aside
0: and, and looking in the mirror and saying, "You know what? I'm not getting it done." Well, if he's done with coaching, that's right. he, he owes it to everybody else right. on, in around him to say, "I don't. My heart's not in it." Here's his um, here's his statement. Uh, Dear Hurricane family, a few hours ago, I informed UM Director of Athletics, Blake James, that it's time for me to retire from coaching, so I'm stepping down as the head coach of UM football. The decision came after a great deal of thought, discussion with my family, and prayer. This was my decision. The University of Miami have been a part of my life for more than three decades. It shaped me as a young man and provided me with the coaching opportunities of a lifetime. My love for the U is simply great. My true desire for our football program to return to greatness, and while terribly difficult, I feel that stepping down is the best interest of the program. Here's the good news for Miami in my opinion this was such a bad year for big time jobs to be open and the only one ohio state was handled so so quickly and in house that all of the best coaching candidates the stars the rising rock stars are all still available to be had because miami is a good enough job Am, you yeah. agree
1: yeah no i i agree um Every, you know, we get further removed from Miami's greatness, but I don't think that – I think the coaching community's opinion of the job hasn't changed. You know, you Hmm. you can still look at it and say they've won national – what is it, with four different coaches? Lots of coaches. Yeah, so, like, that's how you judge a program. A program that can win with multiple coaches is is a program, as a coach, you want to go to. So, you know, people already throwing out Mario Cristobal – Yeah, but I I I know you. First of all, you wouldn't hire him. I wouldn't hire Manny Diaz either. Oregon has a a great team coming back. So okay, Braden Gall, Who do you
0: hire? I mean, I I I I make every overture possible and undertures are those things too, like under the table. well that's yeah. Overture. Say table? Just saying overture. I I would I would go get Matt Campbell. I would make the call. Is he too Midwest? I don't care. I try. I like guys who win, Mitch. (laughs) Call me crazy. Matt Rule. Um. And the he, faux I, beard. I, I think the Temple tie like gets the board of trustees all up in arms. Even though I think Matt Rule's a very good coach. I, I don't. This this is Miami. I don't. You should be able to pick who you want, and it could be from a Power Five like Lane Kiffin, Jeff Brom. Like call Jeff Brom. Like I I don't. I, I'm shooting for the stars here because I'm the U. I don't. I, and I think these guys are available. Like, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Brom and, and Campbell are so happy in their spots, but I can't imagine Ames in West Lafayette are better than than coaching the u i I don't know there are some weird unique challenges with the u from a commitment standpoint or on-campus facility i mean there's some challenges with the u that aren't the same at like penn state or alabama but but you're also in miami you're not names or west lafayette as far as recruiting i don't know what upside is for those two guys at those two programs i love that they're being the both programs are being committed i like that purdue and iowa state could be good next year i think that's cool for the sport but is it sustainable long term for those two coaches probably not but those are the names. I mean, I'm going big. I'm going for the biggest guy out there. I'm calling Urban Meyer. Yeah. Mark
1: Mangino? <laughs>
0: that oh. That mean-spirited. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was mean-spirited. So your gut's telling you that they should go after Mark Mangino. Got it. Um, anything else that you'd like to add from the playoff? No. Sorry. Nothing else. I emptied the tank. Um, personal question? Finished Narcos Mexico on the plane. I ha- have not started. Oh, it's good. Um, we are one season through Billions. I, I took your you you, you you ridiculed me. I, wasn't and ri- I was shamed just shocked. Me. I was I was, lo- I was legitimately just shocked that you had not seen. You it. shamed me into that show shamelessly. You should watch Shameless, by the way. You shamed me into watching Billions. We've now watched the entire first and season, it. and we like it. It's good. Yes, I like Paul Giamatti, even if he overacts. I love yeah. it. Um, so these little electric scooters okay are, are you know like the little one person little electric scooters they're all over nashville and now. if you could see Brad right now he's like doing the, pretending little, thing he's not with the it. Doing little things i've never ridden one because i'm not da- a, little a hipster like Braden. Rexes. well the, i don't like them in downtowns i think they're, cr- they're they're crowded and they're like a pedal tavern or whatever it just causes problems um now i like them in quieter neighborhoods they actually are pretty functional if you got to go two miles and you don't want to drive and you're gonna be drinking or something it's just walk it's like a 30 minute walk two miles or, or it's a six minute scooter ride for $1.50 They're actually quite affordable for the right place, I think Anyway, this is downtown Nashville And I'm, I'm leaving to come here to do the podcast And I see a couple or Late 20s, fairly young couple Guy on the scooter Girl on the scooter And she has, like most parents One of the, the carriers, the chest carriers For a small child Little baby, probably four months or, or less Strapped to her chest Riding these scooters through the downtown city is that gross parental negligence?
1: I don't I I don't know gross parental negligence. I don't think it's it's not advisable. But like like you see people do stuff on the road that you would do that if you saw someone else do
0: it you'd be like what the hell are they doing. So let's set the scene that you and I are both extremely coordinated. And we're not kidding about this. Like I trust—I don't trust driving with anybody on the planet, but I like riding with you. I don't, because <laughs> you and I drive very similarly. We are aggressive yet respectful drivers. We're like a modern offense, uh, right? Yes. Modern car kind offense. Spread uh, it out, but we're both very coordinated. I trust you to drive and whip in and out of traffic. I trust myself to drive and whip in and out of traffic. I don't trust anyone else to do that. I would trust myself on that scooter with my baby because I trust my own coordination and abilities. Right. Also, if I fell, I would dive onto my back. And right, slide on my shoulder. Yeah, I'd yeah. roll onto my shoulder and dive on my back. I'd protect. I'd do everything. You might in separate my... your shoulder, but don't baby care. Fine, protect yeah. the baby. I, I don't trust anyone else to do this, so it feels like negligence to me.
1: And like, I don't care if some twenty-two-year-old hipster with the beard falls down and hurts himself. <laughs> I care if someone falls down and hurts their baby. Yes.
0: So yes, we just should all be more aware. I'm not an anti-hipster. That's two negative hipster comments yeah. I've made. I I, I apologize. What's your problem? I'm wearing sweatpants, by the way. So I'm wearing shorts not, and not a Sorry. Um, all right. Well, congratulations, Clemson. Congratulations, Alabama. I, I'm I'm cool with the, with with Clemson, Bama four. Man, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. I think we're in store for an actually epic national championship game. We've got a bunch of them the last four years, right? Or at least this would be four years in a row with potentially a great, truly epic national championship game. Um, we're going to have our first fifteen and zero team in the history of the sport, which is which is legitimate history. I, there's nothing not to like. I know people don't like the brands. Oh, uh, this is the last thing I was going to ask you, and it goes to the Notre Dame moving conferences thing. To Barry Alvarez's of the world, who are angry that the ACC and the SEC are the only team, only conferences that have won playoff yeah. games in the last four years, expansion and access to your league ain't going to change the fact that all the players are still down here in the Southeast. They're not. They're not all moving to Iowa. Several geography okay. lessons from Braden Galton. They're today. just listen. Charlotte is closer to Tallahassee. Than Santa Clara is to Washington, Seattle. Got it? But, but, remember your last to the, the point, of geography on the podcast? The point, I, I played for my kids and they were that laughing. That was it. At that you. was it. Um, again, the people that want to expand and give access to the Wisconsins of the world or Virginia Techs of the world or whatever, the, you know, Utah, that's all great and good that you get into the playoff and you get the money and you get to say, I made a playoff game. You ain't going to win three games unless you get players. Same story for Notre Dame. So the regionality of the ACC and the SEC winning all these playoff games. I'm not sure Ohio State. Ohio State's the only one. And But, again, the, the stat is that the only two conferences that have won a playoff right. game in four years have been the ACC and the SEC. Guess what they have in common? Geographic footprint. It's not that hard to, to follow. So It doesn't mean Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC can't win. They can't. It's just – they haven't the, the access to the league isn't going to win you a championship you're going to feel better about yourself because you're you got a seat at the table and then you're going to feel worse when somebody with all the players beats you sorry quick 10 second full re- stop end of rant
1: okay quick 10 second review NRG Stadium in Houston totally awesome great facility great field Texas Bowl two thumbs up everything about it was great for the outcome for Final your, result, your but great game. Highly entertaining game. Very entertaining. Yes. Yeah, Which so, we talked about. I said that's yeah, going to be a good game. I'd, yeah, so, uh, but I'd, I'd been to NRG Stadium once. Was it formerly known as the artist
0: formerly known as Reliance Stadium?
1: Yes, and I saw a basketball game that was had less offense. I was at the UConn-Butler <laughs> National Championship game. Oh, brutal, dude. Brutal. Oh, God. This
0: game was far more entertaining. Stakes weren't quite as high, but far more entertaining. Ken Palm had a field day with that game. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, at Athlon Mitch, you can follow him there. Thank you for emailing everybody, uh, podcast at athlonsports.com, at Braden Gall. Of course, you can follow me. Rate, review, and subscribe. We will be back this week to preview and predict and break down what does it all mean, Alabama-Clemson 4. We'll do that. Coming up later on this week. Thanks for listening. App on sports cover two podcasts.